like last night, you know, we played three out of four good quarters. You know, the third quarter, we just, you know, for the second game in a row, you know, we just lost our juice like that first three and a half, four minutes. And really in Toronto, uh, Tampa against Toronto, our first half was really good and the second half was really bad. And we have to find a way to put 48 minutes together, obviously. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is April 20th, 2021. My name is Philip Ross from Mike and the Expert Insight Editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at PhilipRR underscore O. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll talk about that search for a 48-minute effort and focus on the offense and why peace is still the key. That buzzword that we heard oh so long ago. Let's talk a little bit about the offense and what the Magic need to do to get a better 48-minute effort so that they can maybe steal a win somewhere. We'll also preview tonight's game against the Atlanta Hawks. We'll get to all that coming up here in just a moment. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all to check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. The search for every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's podcasts covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the lowdown on the Atlanta Hawks before tonight's game? Check out our pals at Locked On Hawks. No matter who your team is, whether it's in the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, or College 2, there is a Locked On podcast for you. Just search for every download podcast for Locked On in the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. This episode is also brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS app store and find one of our locked on rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. Uh, I will not be hosting a locker room this week. I have some plans. Obviously, Thursday, we've got the game, so I'll be at the game on Thursday. Friday, I'll be pre-recording a podcast for next week, so we'll... We'll, I'll, I'll tease that out a little bit. Um, so I'll have a pod. Uh, I'll be recording a podcast that will be airing next week. Um, and so we'll. Uh, I'll be spending my Friday afternoon doing that. So I, I will not be hosting a locker room this week. We'll be back at it again next week. I'm not going to sit here and sugarcoat things, though. Um, the Magic's offense is really bad. Um, if if the Magic are going to find a way to steal some wins, if the Magic are going to find a way to just create some consistency before the season ends, their offense has to be a lot better. In almost every major statistical category, the Magic rank either last or second to last or third to last, you know, somewhere in the bottom five, in pretty much every offensive counting stat that matters. Um, again, no sugarcoating this. Um... The Magic are 28th in the league for the entire year in offensive rating, 105.3 points per 100 possessions. Since the trade deadline, somehow they are even worse. 29th in the league, scoring 104.7 points per 100 possessions. Only the Oklahoma City Thunder, I believe, are worse than them. It goes deeper than that, of course. The Magic are last in the league with a 48% effective field goal percentage and last in the league with a 51.9% true shooting percentage. Again, every single offensive stat that matters... The Magic are close to last or last in it. If I'm a little skeptical of the Magic's ability to make the playoffs next year, to kind of make that push, um, it's because, you know, barring the rookie or whoever the Magic draft becoming just a superstar immediately, the Magic don't have a lot of offensive force. Um, Steve Clifford acknowledges that. They don't have a lot of, they don't have breakdown guys, as he called them. Um, They have some guys who can get to the paint, but they don't have a guy who really consistently can create his own shot. 
not on an every night basis, at least not yet. You know, maybe that'll develop over the offseason. You know, maybe Jonathan Isaac, given that that freedom or given that responsibility, will thrive in it. Maybe the Magic get a guy like Cade Cunningham or Jalen Green who seem to be um, capable of becoming lead scorers. This is all to say that the Magic offense has a lot of work to do. And again, it starts a lot with a lot of it with shooting, with the ability to hit from the outside and space the floor a little bit. Um, but a lot of it also has to do with just being able to function on the court. And this gets us back to one of the buzzwords that Steve Clifford had been saying throughout the course of the season, uh, really for the last two years, that the Magic need to play with pace. Now, most of you, when I say that word, probably think um, think about fast break points. And indeed, you know, despite the Magic playing at a slower raw pace in terms of possessions per 48 minutes, which is not what coaches talk about when they say pace, despite the Magic doing better in some of those, you know, kind of in-between point categories, the Magic are averaging 10.3 fast break points per game and 14 second chance points per game since the trade deadline up from... 9.8 9.8 fast break points per game and 13 second chance points per game uh, for the entire season. These are not dispositive of pace. Those are good things. As, as Steve Clifford said, those are good things. You, you want those things. But they don't necessarily lead to wins or not in the exact way that a team needs. Instead, what Steve Clifford has always meant about with pace is how quickly the team gets into and through its offense. That's what pace is. You, you know, when the ball's moving quick, we're like any team, right? When the ball's moving quicker and we set better screens and we have quicker rolls, that's when we're scoring. And when the ball sticks or we don't have guys creating action or putting pressure on the defense, I know it sounds simple, or we have spacing issues, we don't score as well. I'm not as concerned with fast break points, um, but like you're talking about, to me, how quickly you get into offense and how much pressure you put on the defense with every pass is the whole key to the NBA. And especially with a team like ours right now where, you know, we don't have a lot of breakdown guys. So how much we move the defense, how quickly the ball moves, you know, from side to side, I believe is, is critical. A lot of this stuff is kind of, well, duh, obviously. Move the ball quicker, you get the defense to move. It, 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 it's, it's basketball 101. You know, you don't see a lot of teams that are successful by isolating a lot. You know, maybe the Brooklyn Nets can get away with it because um, they've got great isolation players, but uh, teams ultimately, what they're trying to do with those isolations is less about scoring so much sometimes, but about trying to create some havoc in the paint and kick things out. The Magic's offense is bad. And a big reason is they don't have that one guy that draws everyone's attention. They don't have that one guy that kind of warps the defense. The Magic have to do something or create some action to warp that defense, to get it unbalanced, to get it rotating, to get it moving. And when the Magic are stagnant, when they're not able to get things moving, when they're playing at a slower pace, that's when the Magic get in big, big trouble. Again, a lot of this is common sense. A lot of this is saying... Okay, yeah, obviously this makes sense. This tracks with everything that we're talking about. And while I think it's important for the Magic to continue to try to find points on the margins to make up some of the ground that they have with their lack of talent, fast break points, second chance points, getting to the foul line especially, which they've done a better job of since the trade deadline, um, doing all those things, all three of those things they've done a better job of since the trade deadline, doing all of those things will add up in the end. But at the end of the day, 
whether you win or lose isn't dependent on how many fast break points you get, how you know, that's not necessarily how many times you get to the line, how many offensive rebounds you get. It's about your ability to execute in the half court. That's why the playoffs are the playoffs. The playoffs are the playoffs because it all that other stuff gets taken away and your ability to beat defenses that know exactly what's coming in those critical possessions is the whole key to the game. Steve Clifford, we know he's a coach that always has his eye on the playoffs and preparing his team for the playoffs. This is an important point that has to be made. So the Magic's offense is really, really bad. Uh, and you can see it. Um, again, I'm going to throw some stats at you, but the ultimate conclusion is pace is not something that you can quantify so much. Pace is something that you know it when you see it. Um, I posted some video on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. The Magic's opening play from Sunday's game against the Rockets was a perfect example of the kind of pace the Magic are trying to play at, the kind of precision the Magic are trying to play with. They started the ball by by initiating the play with about 17-18 seconds to go. Um... Uh, with a pass to Gary to, to Gary Harris, I believe. No, no, sorry, a pass to Dwayne Bacon. Bacon then kicks it to the top of the key to Chumo Kiki, who reverses it to Cole Anthony. And while this is all going on, Gary Harris sets a cross screen for Wendell Carter. So as the ball reverses to Anthony, Carter is coming up to the to the near to the near to the strong side block, and Anthony has the option to either kick it down to him or Gary Harris is running a is running a pin down screen with Chumo Kiki to get to the top of the key. Everything feeds on each other, and the defense has to make decisions on who they're going to guard. The defense can't settle down. These actions are happening simultaneously. It's a really, really great play design, a really well-executed play. It ends with Anthony in getting the ball to Carter on the block in really deep post position, and Carter sealing his man for a layup um, to start the game. Uh, there's a really, really good, intricate play. And there's all these examples of these kinds of plays where, where guys are playing off each other, moving quickly through these sets, and creating opportunities to score. The, the chances are there. The question is, can you execute them consistently? Can you mix things up enough to, to execute? And then what happens when you go off script? And that's been the Magic's problem for the last three years, at the very least, is when the Magic go off script, when the Magic are, you know, are stopped from getting to that next option, or have to break someone down in isolation, that's where the Magic run into problems. As, you know, Steve Clifford said this, I believe, earlier this year, and I know I know he said it last year, the problem is not that the Magic can't execute their plays. The issue is always the Magic needed to make a play itself. When it was time, you know, when the, when the play ends and it set up the, the opportunity and the matchup that they want, is the player going to make a play? And that, that's all, I mean, again, that's ultimately what the playoffs are about. Everyone knows what you're running. Can your guy go out there and make a play that breaks the defense, and that's obviously the Magic's biggest weakness. But let me tell you why I think the offense isn't so um, so dire or isn't isn't completely lost. I think there are some positive signs that the Magic can build on. Um, since the trade deadline, the Magic are averaging fewer passes, 266.2 passes per game, uh, compared to 271.8 according to data from Second Spectrum, um, and 42.2 potential assists per game. So... This does suggest that since the trade deadline, the ball is moving less. And obviously, without Nikola Vucevic, there's no kind of central central pivot. Um, there's fewer passers out there because Vucevic was such a good passer. Um, it, it, it all suggests that the Magic are not quite the same team that they were um, before the trade deadline and certainly have some work to do. The Magic averaged 45.9 drives per game and 23.3 points per game off those drives, according to Second Spectrum. This, of course, tracks with logic as well. The Magic have Nico- don't have Nikola Vucevic as much. They don't have to go to the post to him so as much. 
So their drives are way up. 40.7 drives per game and 23 points per game on drives this season. So again, the team is getting more into the paint a little bit more. A drive, according to Second Spectrum, is defined as a player that goes from at least 20 feet from the basket to, te- to within 10 feet of the basket uh, in in a you know off the off the bounce. Um, so those so the drives for the Magic are up, and the Magic are of course down their their best driver in Markel Fultz, and this makes sense without Nikola Vucevic kind of clogging the lane in, in the paint. These are good signs that the Magic are able to create uh, some activity in the paint. Um, they're able to get inside the lane a little bit. And again, that you can you can initiate pace that way if you have guys who are good at kicking out to the perimeter. Again, that's where those passes and those potential assists are the problem. The Magic can get those passes up, can get those get that drive and kick game going. Um, there is definitely potential there, and of course, they need guys that can finish at the rim too. And that's been a struggle for Cole Anthony throughout the course of the season. These numbers seemingly do point in a positive direction. So too do does so too, but unfortunately, the Magic are not reaping these benefits quite yet. For the season, the Magic averaged 27.4 three-point attempts where the closest defender is four or more feet away. According to NBA.com, they've made 35.7% of those shots, not a very good percentage. Since the trade deadline, the team is averaging just 24.4 of these three-point attempts. So, again, we're seeing this, this issue where the Magic are getting into the paint more, are driving into the paint a lot more, but not able to kick out and not able to find kind of that success in there as well. It's, it's a bit of a conundrum, and certainly the Magic are struggling a little bit on that front. In addition, the Magic are getting into the paint a little bit more. So this is this is all pointing to this this fact. According to NBA.com, the team averages 22.7 paint touches per game and 18.8 points per game off paint touches since the trade deadline. That's up from 20.4 points per game or paint paint touches per game and 15.6 points per game off paint touches for the season. Again, second spectrum, we don't know exactly how they track these. Um, this, I don't think it's very clearly defined. We do know the coaching staff tracks paint touches. It is something that they focus very keenly on, um, but it is something that the Magic have not, uh, are doing better at since the trade deadline. But again, they're not reaping the rewards. That is the big question then. How do the Magic reap these rewards? There are clearly some signs that the Magic are playing at a better pace, that the Magic are able to create some offensive push, and yeah, maybe getting Jonathan Isaac back next year, maybe getting Marco Fultz back next year will help a lot of these numbers. But at the end of the day, the Magic's offense comes down to two things. Their ability to create and get inside the paint quicker and into their offense quicker so that they have more time to run their stuff. At the ability to be intent to be intentional and intense with these with these uh sets. And then finally, they gotta make shots. Uh, you know, you look at the Magic's wins. They were not, those were nights the Magic made shots. Those were nights that the Magic hit from the outside. Um, teams are willing to bet that the Magic won't. And on the rare night that the Magic do make, that might be the night that they win for right now. The Orlando Magic have a lot of work on offensively. It is the biggest weakness on this team. It was the biggest weakness before the trades. It is certainly the, one, the biggest weakness after the trades. Um, and figuring out the way to play at a consistent pace is the way that the Magic are going to ultimately find success. We'll talk a little bit more about uh, what happens next for the Orlando Magic coming up here in just a moment, plus a preview of tonight's game against the Atlanta Hawks. But first, this episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. Locker Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, 
and of course, reacting to big news or rumors. You can even find Locked On hosts like me across the NBA, MLB, and NHL. I am not hosting a locker room this week, but we'll be back again next week, so be sure to stay tuned for that all announced time here on the Locked On Magic podcast. It's been a lot of fun hosting these locker rooms and getting to chat with you and answer your questions. Um, so I always look forward to these. I'm just not able to do one this week. So go download the free locker room app now. Currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NBA group for the latest league updates. I know you'll find a ton of incredible rooms around your favorite teams and leagues. I can't wait to join you all on the app again next week. You can follow me at P. Rossmanreich to get notifications when I open up my next room. And I'll be sure to let you know once the Locked On Magic room is live once again. Download the Locker Room app today. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. Today's podcast is also brought to you by our pals at rockauto.com. It has been a rainy couple days here in Central Florida, and the rain can kind of mess up your car sometimes. You know, it's 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 the rain, and certainly people don't drive very well during the rain. So make sure you got all your rain gear set up. And if you're someone that takes care of your car yourself, get those parts that you need only at rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for the last 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck Right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Fox? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. The Locked On Podcast Network is covering the NFL Draft from all angles. Catch up on the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 podcast presented by Odyssey. Follow Locked On NFL Draft and the Draft Dudes podcast for the latest draft news. And stay tuned for more info about our live NFL Draft coverage. We'll be doing some stuff over the draft as well. That's that's a tease for what I'm planning on Friday. We'll, we'll see. Um, obviously, the focus for the Orlando Magic is on growth and development. Um, and, and I think there are widely disparate um, opinions on how to accomplish that. Uh, you know, there's a, lot, there's, a, there's a school of thought that says, just throw the young guys out there, let them play, let them make mistakes. Don't worry so much about results or anything else. Just the playing is the point. And, you know, there is there is a point to that. Making sure young guys play, making sure young guys get their experience, um, see situations, go through some mistakes. Um, that's obviously that's obviously a good thing. Um, I, I, don't, I don't think that's a bad thing, and I think there is some merit to that. There is, of course, the philosophy of, you know, yes, yes, you want these young guys to win, and yes, you kind of enter things understanding the talent deficit that seems that, but you should still be trying to win. Um, and... Unfortunately, the, uh, unfortunately, a lot of fans, I think, miss this point that, you know, these are professional players. These are professional coaches. Their job ultimately is to win games. And while development is important, in my estimation, development is nothing if you don't get the results for it. Because at the end of the day, this is a zero-sum game. This is a zero-sum business. You either win or you lose. There is no in-between. There is no equivocating. You either win or you lose games. There is a final result at the end, and that result matters. And I think the lesson that that I think we should have learned from 
the the previous regime from Rob the Rob Hennigan era when they were going through their rebuild is winning is not just something you turn on and off. Winning is a practice. Winning is a habit. And so as much as you can in this situation, you should be trying to build winning habits, especially in young players. This is the camp that I fall in. This is the camp that the coaching staff falls in. This is the camp that the team falls in. As much as everyone believes that you do, you just throw the young guys out there, you take bat, you take losses, you have good losses where you compete and all that, that's, that's fan fiction, to be perfectly honest. This is reality here. The Magic are not going to win many games this year. They're not talented enough. They're not consistent enough. This is a young team, and this young team is making young team mistakes. Making young team mistakes is perfectly fine. Losing games is not ideal. I still think losing is bad, and, and no one will convince me otherwise. But losing is just what's going to happen this year. And so you have to find the little pockets where you can get wins, where you can find success, where you can reinforce the things that you're teaching, where you can begin to rebuild and build those habits. Look, I trust that Steve Clifford is going to be able to build that team um, during a training camp. The defense has struggled a lot, but the mistakes I'm seeing defensively are just a team that just doesn't know what it's doing, that hasn't played together long enough, that doesn't trust each other enough to execute the defense they're trying to execute. The Magic are trying to play more aggressively defensively. They're not kind of being conservative. They're not sitting in in the shell. They're not they're not dropping as much. They're going after teams, and the backline rotation isn't there. If that's the case, that's fine. If you're going to lose games because of that, you know, do still do the right things, still work to do the right things. But I don't mind that kind of aggression. Offensively, yeah, the Magic are a mess and they have a lot of work to do, but when they look really good, they look really good. Um, but this is all just to get to this back to this point, that the rest of the season is about growth and development. But growth and development doesn't happen if you're not competing and if you're not winning. In fact, this idea that there's a quote-unquote good loss or competitive loss, being able to compete to me is the baseline. You know, if if the Magic are throwing out a lineup of like Chase and Randall, Devin Kennedy, uh, whoever it's small for, Dante Hall and Robert Franks, and they lose because that lineup just isn't up to snuff, so be it. That's fine. That lineup doesn't matter to me. If the Magic are losing because their starters are getting pummeled and their starters are not able to execute and the starters aren't able to show some of those signs and glimpses that they can compete and they can win, that's a problem. This is the foundation. These are the seeds for what this team is going to become. As Steve Clifford said, sometimes the last 15 games can be a bit of a mirage. Um, I, I believe it was Matt Moore of the Action Network who said the first two weeks and the last two weeks of the season you can pretty much throw out. Um, they don't really mean anything. There's just a lot of random variance going on. You know, guys hot at the hot to start the season, teams not trying at the end of the season. Um, there's a lot of random variance. And the Magic are going to catch some teams that aren't trying, and they're going to beat those teams if they play hard. And and honestly, you want this team to beat those teams. The Rockets on Sunday tried really hard. They wanted that win. It's a game the Magic still should have won, as Steve Clifford said at the top of the show. They didn't put in a 48-minute effort. And that's been the biggest problem for the Magic is they have these little flashes where they look really, really good. Um, and we can see the potential, but it's never long enough. And frankly, that is the part that concerns me. Because it isn't just the bench. It's the starters that have struggled. It's, you know, those Wendell Carter, Gary Harris, 
Cole Anthony, Jumo Kiki, you know, Dwayne Bacon or James Ennis, whichever one's playing. Those lineups have had lulls and lapses. It's not that, the, you know, the Magic could win. They're going to need those guys to be on point the entire time, but the Magic just can't afford that. There's got to be a standard set somewhere. There's got to be um, there's got to be just a baseline for this team to operate and work on. People hit me because I still want this team to win. And it's not that I, I it's not that I don't understand the value of a draft pick. I, I of the of the lottery. And I, I just I don't trust the lottery. That's that's just that's just my philosophy. That's my approach. But ultimately I tell them this. You know, you can't control the lottery. You know, when the Magic are eliminated from the playoffs, or or nine nine, the the tragic number is nine. The number is nine for elimination from the playoffs. When the Magic are eliminated from the playoffs, we'll do a lot. We'll do a tankathon spin every day, every day on the show, um, or on every show that we do. We'll do a tankathon spin, um, because yeah, that's that's where our focus is, and and I want to do that like I did a few years ago, to point out the very different and wide ranging possibilities of the draft lottery. Don't assume the Magic are going to win it. Even if they fall into third, even if they get to Detroit, Detroit winning uh, winning on, on Monday night, so they're only a half game ahead of the Magic in the standings. Don't assume that even if the Magic have the top odds, they're going to get in the draft lottery or they're going to win the draft lottery. As I tell people all the time, the way I'm looking at this, winning the lottery is a bonus. I'm not counting on it. I'm not planning on it. And that's why I'm focused more on this year's team and how we can get the most out of this year's team. And to me, while the wins will be few, that means getting a few wins. That means when the opportunity to win is there, I expect this team to win. There's someone uh, on Twitter that I saw who criticized Magic Media for, for not kind of embracing this tanking culture, and my response to that is simply this. As, as, as a reporter, as an, as an analyst, as you know, someone who follows this team very, very closely and, and has interacted with players on this team, I'm merely going to hold them to the standard they hold themselves. That's all. That's all. These players, these players don't care about the lottery odds or what that means for the future of the franchise because that player may very well replace them on the roster. That's that's the truth. That's the truth here. These guys are not going to help their replacement get on this roster, even if that part is inevitable. What they're going to do is they're going to do their best to win games. And whether they're capable of winning games and whether they're capable of winning more games later in the season, honestly, that to me is going to be the sign of progress because whether we want to admit it or not, at the end of the day, this game, this this league is about wins and losses. At the end of the day, you are measured and you are judged by how many wins and how many losses you have. And that's where everything has to start. We'll talk about the Orlando Magic's game coming up against the Atlanta Hawks here coming up in just a moment. But first, bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football is over, but the NBA, MLB, and NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Get real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using the promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. 
The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey is happening now. Featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason Lockenfora, and Brian Baldinger. Our local experts for every team making trades and picking the next stars of their team. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y. The Atlanta Magic will take on the Atlanta Hawks tonight at 7.30 in a game of Eastern Conference or Southeast Division rivals. Uh, really, that game back in early March was a turning point in the season for both teams. Um, for the Atlanta Hawks, they at the time, they were on the outskirts of the playoff race um, in the play-in tournament, really struggling. They just fired their coach in Lloyd Pierce, and they were kind of struggling to find themselves and figure out how to play together and, and play kind of free. The pressure really seemed to be getting to them. The Magic were up by 15. They were hanging on to their slim playoff hopes and just hoping, hoping, hoping that health would allow them to stay in the playoff picture. With five minutes to go, the Magic were up by 15, and the script completely flipped. The Hawks were able to come back thanks to a series of Magic mistakes and some hot shooting, and they won the game by three. The Hawks, since then, are now in firm control of the fourth seed in the Eastern Conference. They look like they'll they'll avoid the play-in tournament completely. The Magic, well, that game might have been the game. I mean, that was a, seemed like a pretty big inflection point for the season. That might have been the game the Magic decided that pulling the plug was the right call. To say the least, these are two very, very different teams than that than that played in March on both sides. The Hawks playing with a ton of confidence. The Magic still trying to find their identity. As the Houston Rockets proved on Sunday, the Magic's biggest weakness is their three-point defense. Orlando's defense just isn't tight or together enough to really defend the three-point line effectively. They're relying on some three-point luck, and, that, and that's you know maybe turned a little bit against them here as well. Um, but the Magic have struggled against three-pointers all season long, or especially since the trade deadline, they've really, really struggled against these shots. Well, that's kind of what the Atlanta Hawks are good at, is their ability to hit threes with uh, with uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, with Trey Young, of course, and with now John Collins back in the mix as well, as well as Kevin Herter and plenty others. Even with the, without Danilo Gallinari, um, the Hawks are a really dangerous offensive team. It's not just that, though. They're able to get to the line. They have Trey Young, who just puts so much stress on defenses, and Clint Capella has been a double-double machine. He's had so many 2020 games. He's a great rim protector. He has been exactly what the Atlanta Hawks ordered from him. This is a, this is a game with a team that is hot, and while the Hawks do give up a ton of points defensively, and, and they, they can be a little loose defensively, against a team that's struggling as much as the Magic are, that will probably be enough. Um, if the Hawks can certainly try, can try and outscore the Magic, the Magic just aren't a consistent or good enough three-point shooting team to keep up unless they have just a really good night. Um, as always, Magic's success depends on their ability to make shots, which is not something to bet on at this point. The Orlando Magic will take on the Atlanta Hawks at 7.30. We'll have a complete recap of that and on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic, um, but a big game nonetheless for both teams as the Magic try to find something positive to hang on to. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Hit your tune in Himalaya, Google, Spot, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast enabled listening device. You can follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore MD. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. That's going to do it for me, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this is Philip Ross and I can see you all next time for another episode of Locked On Magic.